0: What is going on, IBL gang? It's your boy, the stuntman, Andrew Stewart, joined as always by allegedly the best dressed in the IBL. Okay. Chris Lazar. Okay. I, I just speak the facts. Reportedly, last night, as I was watching, I'm as I'm sure a lot of us IBL fans were watching the... Uh, Winner take all between Kitchener and London last night. Um, there was some talk about how Chris, you um, you're going to be wearing a suit or need to wear a suit if and when the boys all host, uh, you know, their big awards show or their big postseason show, wherever they do it. Yeah, you, apparently you're um, you've been called upon to be the the best dressed. And then when I brought this up to you earlier, you quote unquote said. I have nothing to get dressed up for, so I always have to make the most
1: of my opportunities. What gives? Yeah, I mean, I've got a lot of, like, I worked in sales for three years, so I have a lot of, like, dress shirts and, and, like, I guess, like, work clothes and stuff like that that, well, I don't work in sales anymore, and I talk about sports now, so I don't really need to wear those too often, so... Yeah, when I'm calling a game or whatever, and I have the opportunity to dress somewhat decently, I. Usually, but the funny thing is, I just like I'm wearing like golf pants and a golf shirt. Like it's it's like I'm getting off the links. Like it's not, I don't know. It's nothing to really like write home about.
0: Well, I think especially in today's day, post pandemic, a lot of people got really comfortable in their sweatpants, their casual look, and even when you. Tell somebody business casual now, they show up in jeans and a t shirt because uh, business casual on Fridays is like collared shirts and jeans, but business casual is still khakis and ideally a pair of um, nice shoes.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's funny that this conversation happened last night because I went up to the booth and I was on there for like half an inning or whatever. Mark asked me to come up if I was in the ballpark and I was wearing sweats and a hoodie, so I was very uh, not dressed to impress. I was just there to watch a baseball game comfortably.
0: Wow, the complete opposite. Yeah. To how we're hyping you up right now. Yeah. I mean, today you got the you know ball cap, t-shirt. You're feeling yourself.
1: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say you're the worst. No one's, We're not on. We're not on television. Thank God. Yeah, I, I got a face for radio. So. Do you ever? No. Hey. Sorry. <laughs> I'm allowed to say that. I'm allowed to agree. Yeah, fair enough. You brought it up. Um,
0: also special, just little note, I know she won't be listening, but I figure because we're going to be talking about, you know, different baseball teams and getting into the next, you know, the last four remaining, um, my girlfriend and I, four years today. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah. So, um, I know she won't listen, but I figure, you know, a four year anniversary on a day where we're going to be talking primarily about four very important teams who have moved their way. Into the second round, and I say moved because they all kind of did it differently. Man, the first round was exciting. This was my first IBL playoffs, and um, sign me up, sign me up for this kind of thing every year. Um, I understand now what you mean about a lot of teams in the regular season and how the f- switch kind of gets flipped. Um,
1: it's a lot like uh, it's a lot like playoff hockey, like that, isn't it? Like where yes. you see. Uh, like, in the in, in the NHL, you'll see one version of a team in the regular season, and then when the playoffs start, it's a completely different game. It's very much like that in the IBL. And you see what I mean when I say a team like Toronto doesn't care about the regular season. And then they show up in the playoffs, and it's a completely different... It's not even just a different type of game. It's a different mentality. It's a different attitude. Two close games
0: for them. That 6-5 game, and that even that 5-3 one, their, their Game 1 win... Um, close, close, but to get that away win was crucial for them. And then they, um, the bats came alive in their, uh, in their game. Their 10-4 win to close out the series. But I want to go back to last night's game because I would like to make a formal donation. I don't know how, uh, we go about doing this in the IBL. I'm not entirely sure how you go about doing this in life, but I would like to donate my left, my right, um, both of, if he's willing to take them, both of my arms, I want to donate to Owen Boone because that guy is a bleeping savage. This man, I I cannot, I cannot, we cannot stop talking about the performance that Owen Boone went out there and had yesterday, Um, and, and not even just yesterday. Yesterday was important because this guy put it all on the line for himself and his team, right? He went eight innings. He had 13 strikeouts. And he only allowed, what, the four runs, the five. What did it end? I can't even remember the score. Five. I mean, an absolute machine last night. And for those of you who don't know the whole story, Boone went out there and threw over 260 pitches over the last, like, five or six days. Four days. And then and then almost 300 pitches in the span of a week was basically how it worked out. Um, that is insane, and I have no clue how an individual feels after one game of... Pitching, you know what I mean? Like I yeah, do. I know you do, and and we can talk a little bit more about that. Actually, that's a great off-season conversation. Is like the human body and how players are and yada yada yada. Because I'm curious about that. But 300 pitches in a week? I'm sorry. Is this is this the 1940s when they had guys pitching like three or four baseball games in a day? Like what the hell was that? That's crazy. And and For me, I give him all the credit in the world, but I know that there are a lot of people who are not impressed with the fact that he had to go out there time and time again and put his team on his back and trying to single-handedly win the series for the majors. Um, Chris, you are one of those people who... Think this was uh, asinine, crazy, um, ridiculous. You probably have your own series of words, but I, I figure let's let's get right to it. The floor is yours. Let's start off. What were your final thoughts on the game? Like, what's what are you, you you were there? So, what are your thoughts on the game last night? And then let's dive into the Owen Boone conversation because I know as a pitcher you have many feelings about this
1: yes and especially as a pitcher who is on the shelf and who was injured due to things similar to this now nothing nearly as bad as this but again we'll get into that in a second um in terms of last night's game uh, just honestly like a, a really a really fascinating baseball game a really really back and forth game where each team kind of had their shots Yeah. Um, the big blow was obviously Marcel Lacasse's three-run homer in the bottom of the fifth um, off of Owen Boone. And you see that a lot in not just baseball but in sports where you see the the unsung hero, the guy that nobody really expects to have a massive role, end up being the difference maker. Marcel Cass in the last two games accounted for seven RBIs of the Kitchener Panthers' 11 runs that they scored. He had a grand slam the night before against Wilbur Martinez in the second half of that rained out game and then last night obviously hits the three-run bomb uh, the other way off of Owen Boone. And honestly, that was a situation where home field advantage was a real advantage for Kitchener because I don't think that ball leaves any other ballpark, maybe Christy Pitts, but I don't think that ball gets out anywhere else. And if London's at home and that's in, in that game, they might win because I don't think Liam Wilson's home run leaves either um, in that situation. So, but again, give credit where it's due. Both teams are playing at the same park, so at the end of the day, it's a level playing field. Um, and what it came down to was, yeah, like uh, Kitchener hit two homers and London hit zero, and London made a couple of errors. Kitchener did not. The one unearned run ends up being the difference in the game. Both both teams gave up four earned. Um, Christian Houck was, I thought Christian Houck was solid. Um, he was attacking the zone. He was in the zone. He kind of got nickel and dimed a little bit. He didn't give up a ton of hard contact, but a lot of balls that were just rolling through the hole and uh, just blue pits getting over guys' heads and, and things of that nature. Guys weren't squaring him up very well, but um, it's always a grind in a game like this, in a, in a, in a winner-take-all game where every pitch matters so much. Jose Vasquez comes out of the bullpen, does an outstanding job in his three and a third to shut down uh to shut down London and then Jordan Bonick was outstanding in the ninth. Um, shout out Bill Matic, who is the manager in Kitchener. I thought that for a game five, I thought he managed it perfectly. I the only thing that I might have done differently, and he got it right, because again, like I don't want to say this as if I this was the right, like, what I'm saying was the right decision. It wasn't, because what he did obviously worked. But after Vasquez gave up that fourth run, I probably just would have gone to Bonick right away in the eighth inning Um, once uh, once a guy got on base. But at the end of the day, he trusted his guy. He trusted Vasquez. Vasquez only threw 50 pitches, so it's not like he was overworked. Didn't pitch a whole lot in the series. And, yeah, he trusted his gut, and he ends up, getting uh Starlin Joseph to pop up to the catcher and then Bonnet comes in and goes three up three down in the ninth. So yeah, overall I thought Kitchener played a really strong, a really a really sound game, a really solid game. Um obviously a ton of strikeouts. They struck out thirteen times last night, which you would like to see that number come down, uh, especially against the guy who's thrown three hundred pitches in the in, in the series. Um but again, that's just as much a testament to um to Owen Boone as it is to Kitchener. But the one thing that I really loved about it from a Kitchener perspective is they had to win this game in a way that they weren't really winning games all season. The only time we really saw them win games like this was a couple times against Welland earlier this year. Besides that, they would have to score 9, 10 runs. This game they only got 5, and they didn't score after the 5th inning. And they managed to hold on. And their bullpen has really shown up And Jordan Bonick has been a revelation for them uh, as kind of their closer now. Um, Brady Schnarr has scuffled a little bit as of late, and they needed somebody to step up. And Jordan Bonick has done an outstanding job coming in there. Jose Vasquez now able to be in a more comfortable role as a reliever where he can just go all out, and he throws pretty hard. So it's easier for him to just come in, go balls to the wall, go all gas, no breaks for three innings rather than have to pace it out over the course of six. So I think Kitchener has a formula here where they could they could go they could go on to win the whole thing. And if they continue to play the way they the way they did last night, where you beat a legitimate ace, one of the one of the real aces in this league, to win that series after quite frankly, and and Christian Hauck will be the first person to tell you, he got out pitched in this game. There's no question about it. Um, but the fact that the bullpen was able to hold it down—huge testament to the uh, to the Kitchener Panthers. So that's uh, that's, I guess, my final takeaway from last night. I will also tell you this, and I feel this way. I felt this way before, but even more so after having conversations with some guys about this. Um, you could see Jack Couch playing against the London Majors to an extent because there were some at bats, especially late in the game where London had a chance to tie it or take the lead with one swing. And you could see some of their big bats taking massive swings, trying to get it over the fence, rather than just having a good at-bat, having a good approach. Um, and I think some of that has to do with the messaging coming from the bench, but we will save um, we will save the uh, the, the Rube Chanderdat rant for momentarily.
0: Well, if the Panthers are putting it all together and are figuring out that formula that's great for my bracket so I want to continue um, let's 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 keep doing that but no like you said they were up there they're taking some daddy hacks towards the end of the game um, but a true testament to the nasty stuff that Boone was throwing um, 125 pitches 82 strikes it doesn't get any better than that but I think it was probably the, after the, I want to even say after the 5th. Maybe even after the 6th. I'll give him the 6th. When he came out for the 7th, I was like, okay, this is interesting. And then he came out again for the 8th. And I was like, okay, this is even more interesting. They're just going to ride this guy the entire way. And you could tell, and this is obviously all... Just visual from my screens. But Boone had the weight of the world on his shoulders because you talk about messaging. For me, the messaging was, you are our only hope. If you do not go out there and continue to pitch your arm off, literally, we will have no chance. So please do your best to not blow it. Continue to pitch as if you haven't pitched 300 pitches <laughs> in the last week. Oh, and if you could maybe figure out how, you know, we can we can run the bases and, and hit a little better, that would be great too. Mind you, the Panthers had some great outfield work last night. They were working the field. They know how to work Jack Couch.
1: Andy Leader saved that game for them. Low 100%. Key, 100%. It was... He brought that ball back. Now, well, I wouldn't say he saved the game because that run did end up scoring anyway. But the momentum of giving up a home run in that spot versus limiting it to a double and keeping that ball in the yard is such a big deal. Like that was an incredible play. Obviously, he doesn't catch the ball, but just to keep it in the yard, like he went over the fence to go get it.
0: Well, I was going to say, doesn't that home the home run there tie? Was it the no? That was 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 for the double, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you ended
1: up scoring anyway,
0: but. Again, it's it's a momentum thing though too. If he hits a homer there, you come out and maybe your next guy hits another one, or you're, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I, I think that yeah, that's a that's a momentum shifter, um, but also speaks to how these guys adapt to their surroundings. And I mean, yeah, Andy Leader proving that um, doesn't matter where he's playing, but he likes uh, he likes the coach. He's comfortable on the coach. Yeah, we yeah. dig that, but. Anyway, Boone came out there for the eighth inning, and this guy looks like his arm's going to fall off. Yet somehow he's still getting swing and miss stuff. He's, again, credit to, to him because the Panthers were taking a little bit of daddy hacks towards, or but you know what I'm saying. They, they were, though, because, I mean, when, when you have a guy who's pitched over 100 pitches, why wouldn't you just try and hit it as hard as you can now? But he just kept coming out there and we chatted a little bit about it yesterday but we wanted to save it for today as somebody who is in recovery you know you're recovering right now that made it sound like you were an addict and i apologize yeah, but no. you're recovering your your arm you're in you know you're rehabbing a, an arm injury a shoulder if i'm not mistaken and to see somebody go out there and throw 125 pitches, but also throw 300 in one week, what is going through your mind? And I guess right now, the floor is yours because you got a lot more to say about this than than I do. Um, but yeah,
1: yeah, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna talk for a while. Here, That's okay. Just so you know, but That's all uh, right. what I'm what I'm gonna start with though is uh the messaging thing. There's two things that went through my head here. Uh. First of all, my first thought when you said that, it, you said the the whole thing about him being the only hope and things like that. That's what it seemed first like. First thing that went through my head was Roop was, uh, Roop Chandadet was Princess Leia and Owen Boone was Obi-Wan Kenobi <laughs> and he's coming over the, uh, what what is that thing? What, what was that thing? The hologram? Yeah. And it's just help me, Obi Wan. You're my only hope. Like that—that's that, how it felt. Yes, that is how it felt. And the other thing,
0: anytime, anytime Boone went out to, to the mountain, he'd look in his glove. He would just <laughs> see. He would just, just see Roop in his glove. A just hologram going, of Roop. Help me, help me. <laughs> you are only hope.
1: But it was funny because you looked down the line and like you could just see Roop pacing and like he knew it. Like that was that was the worst part about it. And then the other part that I thought of was if they had won last night. Would have been the uh the the Thanos meme where it says I won but at what cost because there's no
0: way you throw this guy out there for game one and well, you no. expect him to then throw 350 pitches or more in in nine days just... so if we're just
1: going off of point streak uh it has Boone at 114 70 and 125 so what's that math so 125 plus 114 is 1 uh, 239. 239 plus 70 is 319?
0: 309. 309. That uh, was 10 off. Right? You said
1: 114. 114, and 125. 125. and 70. Yes. Yeah. There you go. So, 309. So according to Point Streak, he threw 309 pitches. Now, Point Streak's not the most accurate system in the world, but uh, that sounds about right. Um, yeah. Even on the broadcast last
0: night, they... And I know that the broadcast is pretty bang on with their with their stats. Like they, they the guys in in Kitchener, London around the IBL, mm-hmm. um, shout out to all of their play by play guys or color 100%. guys because you guys do some incredible work when it comes to stat grabbing and just story building and all that kind of stuff throughout a game. But yeah, even um, and I know that the IBL official website is gonna use Point streak and all that, but I mean that's bang on with with all that. So I would say, yeah, I mean over 300 pitches, whether it's 319 or 309, do 10 a pitches lot. really matter? It's a lot after after you hit the 300 mark. It's a
1: lot. Yeah, um, yeah. Boone threw 21 out of 45 in, or 44 innings. The series, he threw basically half of the team's innings. I've never seen. First of all, we're gonna talk about how incredible Owen Boone is because I believe that he 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 deserves his moment to get credit for this before we start before I start digging into the deeper issue here um, but yeah like shout out to Bo. I, I I talked to Booner last night after the game and um, told him how how incredible that was and, and everything like that 21 innings 26 strikeouts only six walks uh, give up 17 hits over 21 innings like he was he was unbelievable in that series and I've never seen a guy go out there And basically, single-handedly, almost won a series. Like, by himself. Um, He was dragging that team, kicking and screaming. They used three pitchers all series. Maybe four. Skylar Janice might have thrown an inning. But, just unbelievable that he was able to do that. Um, We saw another situation earlier this week, which we'll talk about later with Custodio, where he tried to come back on very short rest. And was very ineffective. Um, well Hennis Alvarado tried to come back on short arrest, he was ineffective. Corbin Peters tried to come back on short rest, he got hurt. Um, and also wasn't super effective before he got hurt. So for Owen Boone to do that, like it's it's kind of a bit of a unicorn performance. This is the only league where you'll see something like that. Um and just from a pitcher's perspective, I'll tell you when you're in the game. You do kind of have the mentality of, I don't want, like, you're going to have to force this ball out of my hand at this point. Because, like, for me, like, the closest thing I've ever had to something like this was I threw 149 pitches in a playoff game at Jack Couch, actually, ironically, um, back in 2017, uh, where I threw a complete game. But, again, it was 149 pitches, and then I didn't pitch again the rest of the series or the rest of the uh, playoffs. That's crazy, Um yeah, but the, what I will tell you is that when you're in that game, the one time, if you're at least if you're rested, I can't speak to if you're not. But um if you're rested, once you get over like 110, every pitch just feels the same. Like you just feel just as tired. Um like you know when you're you know when you're running and your body hits a certain threshold where it just feels like you don't have legs anymore. I don't run. Well, no, that's awkward. That ruined my entire uh, just... my entire spiel. Uh, no, but no, like, I know what yeah, you're, I know yeah. what you're getting at. I have yeah.
0: I have run before. I just well, I don't openly choose to run. Yeah,
1: anymore. when when you get to like a point of exhaustion, just with anything, when you get to the point of exhaustion, and then everything after that feels the exact same as it did like for the last thirty minutes or whatever. Like that's that's kind of how you feel. Like you just feel equally as tired the whole time. You don't get more tired anymore. It's like in MLB the show. If you're playing and you run out of out of stamina, you don't run out of more stamina than you already have. Like you no, just you're, you're just out you're, of stamina. you're out of stamina, you're right? Just tired
0: um, and slower.
1: And that's and that's how you fe- yeah. Well, and that's how you feel. Except it didn't look like he was slowing down at all. No, it did look. He he did lose a lot of velo the last couple of innings. Um, you could tell,
0: I guess, from the angle even on the on the on TV that yeah, you could see. I guess what I'm getting at is I could see the ball more as the innings went on mm-hmm. right like you said that's the velo dropping yeah but if you're asking me like did he did it look like he himself was losing his stuff i mean eventually yeah in the 8th inning he looked tired but i mean can yeah. you blame
1: him no it was it was more the spin to be to be honest, it was it was the spin on his breaking ball was the location of his pitches that that he was losing a lot. Um, the yeah, fastball was still m- popping, but he
0: started to miss the strike zone a lot more in the seventh and eighth. Well,
1: game. and then he was just throwing it kind of down the middle, like not really like picking his spots anymore. Um, no, because he's tired. He's thrown over three hundred pitches. You can't blame him. Uh, like you say, like he was getting tired. Like no, no, no. He probably was tired before that. Uh, if they
0: tie the game, he he doesn't come out again. You don't think? Just I'm tossing you a random question. <sighs>
1: So I talked to so I talked to Boone after the game, right? And he said that uh, if they came back, he was going to go back out there for the ninth to warm up and see how it felt, and then he was going to let them know how he felt.
0: This man was prepared to pitch a complete game. He did throw a complete game, if, even though it was eight did. innings. Correct, but yeah. Um, but a complete, like full nine inning game, even if his team had taken the lead, he was mm-hmm. like, "We're doing this." Yeah, the whole well,
1: week. like. The thing, the thing for him is, like, as a competitor, like, you're it. never going to say no. And, like, this is the part that bothers me so much is the manager's job a lot of times is to protect pitchers from themselves. Because, like, I've been there. When you're in that game and your back's against the wall and you're in the playoffs and all that stuff and the adrenaline's running, you don't want to give up the ball. And if a coach asks you how you feel, you're going to tell him you feel good. Of course you're going to tell him you feel good, you know? Um, even if you don't and well, no, I've
0: never seen a guy unless they're seriously hurt. You never see a guy say, yeah, I, I
1: need to come out, dude. I pitched with a torn labrum for two years in regular season games just because I was stubborn and I didn't want to come out of a game and I didn't I didn't want to do that and I just wanted to pitch. Um, so like it doesn't again, I don't put any of the blame on Owen Boone here. It's not his job to take himself out of the game. It's your job as a manager to protect them. I'm going to be very harsh here um, But I'm going to be honest What happened last night What Roop Chanderdat did to Owen Boone Was Malpractice It was abusive It was not okay And I wish there was a way That there could be serious repercussions For him doing what he did Because What Roop did was irresponsible And like I said, it was abusive. Um, To put a guy through that and to make him do that because of your own, quite frankly, incompetence and inability to get any more players to be able to pitch in a game like that, it's your fault. Like if, If you're listening, it's your fault that Owen Boone had to do that. You didn't do that because Owen Boone is your best guy. Well, of course you did, because he was your best guy. But you wouldn't have had to do that if you had other options, if you had prepared yourself better, if you weren't scrambling at the deadline because you picked up a guy and then you had to go home. If you had prepared better, and again, some of this stuff is out of your control, but a lot of it isn't. Um, the other thing that, that, that some of these managers need to realize is the way you treat one guy... Is the way that a lot of guys will look at you And say that's how I'm going to be treated Or vice versa And the thing with Roop And it's been a Running theme throughout his career In the IBL as a manager Is if you're a pitcher for him You either get abused or you don't get used It's one or the other Um, And who wants to sign up for that Quite frankly Um, Again Owen Boone is a lifer there He's been there forever. He's been their guy forever. Um, But again, at some point, I get it. You want to win. I understand. We all want to win. But there comes a point where what you're doing is unsafe. It's unhealthy. It's dangerous. And it's irresponsible. And what Rup did last night was all of those things. And... It honestly, at times, looked like he was scared to take out Owen Boone. Like, he was afraid that, that, that something would happen or that he was scared that if he takes him out, he was going to lose. Like, that's like that's how he was acting. And for a guy who's been around as long as Rup has, and who's done and who's seen as many guys as he has and, and, and been around the game and things like that, for him to do that is, quite frankly, embarrassing. And it's an indictment on himself for not being able to adequately supplement Owen Boone with other pitchers that can pitch in that spot. Um, You look at their other options, right? Braden Farrington, he'll be the first one to tell you he's not the best pitcher in the world. He's not a shutdown arm, right? Farrington's a guy who you bring in in the fifth inning when you're up by a few, you're down by a few, and you want to keep the game close, or you need to get through a couple innings, or whatever, right? Um, he's not a guy who's going to come in there, shut the door like a, like a Jordan Bonnick or, or a Jose Vasquez. Um, Wilbur Martinez really struggled on Wednesday uh, in kid, uh, against Kitchener. Pedro de los Santos just started, he was their other starter. It's all they had. How do you win back to back championships and you find yourself with three pitchers in a playoff series? How do you do that? Um,. It's just it's so bad. And 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 honestly, like congratulations, Roop. You were you you might have won the series. What was gonna happen in round two? You were gonna get absolutely shit stomped by Welland if you go to round two and Owen Boone's completely unavailable. Right? You go into that game five and you lost anyway. That's the thing. Is even with Boone on the Mound, you lost anyway. Because you didn't supplement him with enough pitching, and you didn't supplement him with enough offense or defense. You made two errors. Like, like I, I don't know what the plan was for Roop. From my perspective, it honestly looked like he was content with his two championship rings. And that coming into this year, he was like, ah, whatever, if we don't win, we don't win. That's how it looked to me. Um, And honestly, like... 'm I'm, I'm not I'm not really worried about this uh, like getting out to, to Roop or whatever him hearing me say this because I will never play for him I never want to play for him I will never let him do what he did to Owen Boone to do to me um, and I talked to uh, again I talked to Booner after the game and he said that he uh, like I don't I don't know if, I, if if he wants me to say this or not but I'm gonna say it anyway um, he said he felt something in his shoulder on the second last batter Which is understandable. The guy threw 300 pitches in, like, six days. Um, And that's what I felt when I first hurt myself. And there's nothing scarier as a pitcher than when you feel something in your shoulder or your elbow. Um, And, like, that's the other thing, dude. Is, like, at the end of the day, we're we're, 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 we're a lot of us, especially Canadians, like, we're... We have lives outside of baseball like this isn't our thing,
0: especially in the IBL.
1: Yeah if Owen Boone gets hurt and let's say he tears his UCL in that start, right um, I'm not exactly sure what he does for work but I'm pretty sure it's it's like some sort of like desk job where he does a lot of like sitting and typing and stuff like I can't type for four weeks after he gets surgery like you're like you're messing with this guy's life now you know and again Boone's a competitor he's never going to he's never going to ask to get taken out and so like if your response to this is oh well he should have said something he's not going to it's not his responsibility to it's your job to protect him from himself sure should he have maybe you know spoken up about hey like I don't want to do this yeah maybe but I would never expect a pitcher to do that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think, like I said, it, it speaks to a, a deeper issue that a lot of these... A lot of um, managers in the IBL, quite frankly, and it's not just Roop. This happens across the league, and it's happened for years, um, of just overusing guys. But it's one thing to overuse a guy and have him throw 150 pitches on the Sunday, Right. When I saw that, I was like, that's incredible. That's awesome. Right? I thought it was great. Honestly, I thought it was great. I was like, awesome. Because I think he's capable of doing that. But then to ask him to come back three days later and throw another 130 pitches when the guy is on a week-to-week schedule. Because these aren't big leaguers, right? Like, these aren't guys who throw every five days. They throw every seven. And I asking him to throw every fourth day and throw 280 pitches in that span. Like, it's just not, it's not right. And I watched that game last night, and the entire time, I didn't even find myself enjoying it because I was concerned about Owen Boone. I was literally watching the game and hoping that each pitch wouldn't be his last, especially from, like, the sixth inning on. Because when I saw him start, I was like, you know what? Okay. Like, I could see it being like, okay, like, hey, give us what you have. Give us three innings. And then we'll turn it over to whoever we have in the bullpen. Um but that's not that's not what happened. And I kept looking into the dugout after every half inning, and me and my buddy who I was at the game with last night, we were looking at each other like that's gotta be a form, right? And then it just wasn't every single time. And even in that eighth inning, coming out of that eighth inning, Rube didn't go shake his hand. Right? And and like that well he didn't he didn't shake his hand because he didn't he wasn't done. So like that's that's the telltale sign that you're done. Um, okay, yeah. I thought, not to say I Not to say that he Straight was, up, he just I saw your didn't face. acknowledge yeah, yeah, yeah. him. No, no, like
0: no. you know, give him a smack on the ass. Like no, no, no. Like thanks for keeping us in this again.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. He wasn't. No, okay. it wasn't like it wasn't like an asshole move. It was just <laughs> like he's he's not done essentially.
0: Right. Um, Which I mean can be even scarier for a pitcher to not see that handshake come in, and you're just thinking, oh my.
1: Well, I'll be honest, a lot of times as a pitcher, you're like not like you're hoping that you don't get the handshake. But there were a couple times throughout that game where he started to get hit around a little bit, and I'm like, dude, this is the time to go get him. Like go get him now. Like what are you doing? Um What does this do to a psyche? Which part? Like, what do you mean?
0: I mean, you just threw over three hundred pitches in a week. Your team got eliminated. You definitely were, I guess, handed a whole lot of pressure. Maybe not In that direct sense, um, because I know every athlete handles, you know, it's just another game for him. He'll go out there. He'll Mm -hmm. just keep throwing until somebody tells him not to. He's like a golden retriever, right? He's just going to go out there and keep doing it until you tell him stop, Mm -hmm. right? And he's going to enjoy doing it every single time he goes out there. But, I mean, have you talked to him today? What If you were in that situation, what are you feeling today? Um, Wow, my manager really abused me or wow, my arm hurts or... <laughs> like what, what Well, and here's well, okay. What but was all a, that for? I feel like I that, would just go in. I feel like I would just go into some like what the hell was all that for? And I would just get angry.
1: You do feel that way a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Um now again, when I did it, when I threw my 149 pitches, we won that game. Uh we ended up winning 6 to 2 in that game. We lost the series. Um but we were also heavy underdogs in that series, so it wasn't like the biggest deal in the world.
0: And I mean, I hate losing just as much as the next guy, so I mean, losing a series, yeah, I'm pissed too, but I mean, you kind of, you shake that off a little bit differently, I think, knowing that, okay, we lost the series, but I wasn't the reason. Is Boone kind of feel, is this guy feeling, A, we lost the series, and I couldn't get it done because I allowed five runs yesterday.
1: Um, Or four runs. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes and no. Um, I think anybody that pitches at that level will feel a little bit like that like he, he even said it after the game he's like man i wish i could have that pitch back that i threw to lacasse because he because as i said right like that's not a home run in other parks but at couch he got enough of it right and it was a, it was a pitch that hung a little bit too much and he got he got enough of a enough of a, enough of the wood on it so um like that's the stuff that you look at as a pitcher you look at the one pitch where you're like shit like I just wish I hadn't thrown that pitch in that spot.
0: Not to use his Twitter bio against him, but LaCasse found a bigger bat in that situation.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, and he found a bigger bat that entire series. He was great. but um, Oh,
0: three strikeouts yesterday, too. Let's call, you know.
1: He yeah, went, man, he went one, one for four with a huge jack. Yeah, Don't get me wrong. Say, that one jack matter. was, yeah. yeah, all you need. Call him Kyle um, Schwarber. But, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, if you're... And, and this goes back to what I was talking about, about how this is an indictment on, on, on Roop. Um, and, like, his roster construction. Because if I'm Owen Boone, I say, like, it's, you want this commitment from me. And you want me to put my body on the line and put my health on the line and risk everything for this. But you can't even supplement me or supplement this team with enough to win in that spot? Like, the only reason they were in that series was because of Boone. The only reason. Um, they had no business being in that series at all. They were getting they they would get dominated if it wasn't for, for Owen Boone. Um and like that's how I would look at it is like you like it's it's almost like talking out of two sides of your mouth. It's like, oh, so you wanna win, but you wanna win at my expense and you don't want to do the things that you need to do to put us in a position to win. Um, because I do, like I said, I think group got complacent. I think he thought it was easy because he won back-to-back championships, but you know, what's funny. As soon as we get back to a real season with real imports and everybody has their full shelf of players, Kitchener didn't have any imports last year, right? They get four imports this year and now they're second in the league, right? So now that we're back to normal, because the last two seasons were COVID ridden, the first season was a shortened season, um, and then last season was still a little bit weird because there were a lot of visa issues and things like that with COVID. Um, and a lot of teams didn't have fully stocked, uh, fully stocked teams. We get back to a full season. Now London falls to seven. Why? Because their imports just weren't good enough. And also you just didn't give them enough. Like you had... Like to, to go into a playoff series with four pitchers is embarrassing. It's a joke. Um, especially when you're a team like London. Where well, they also
0: know better because that's not how they've won their previous two championships.
1: Well, no, but it is. like That's how they've gotten by. But the thing is that they've always had a second guy. And they've always had one I guy out of the yeah, bullpen.
0: Yeah, that's more so what I meant is they had more than just one guy. They yeah. might have only had four pitchers, mm-hmm. but th- you could go to three of them. You know what I mean, or you could go to at least two of them.
1: Well, yeah, in this situation,
0: it was like again, it all comes down to help us, Owen
1: Boone. You're our only hope, hope. and it truly seemed that way. And it was well, that was the case, right? And like it, like I said, it's it's embarrassing, and people have been talking about it. And like I got a bunch of messages last night about um, just how this is a bigger indictment of uh, of of Roop on a whole. And actually, I have a funny tweet to read you. Uh, and I can say this because it's public record. It's out there. So, he hey, It's on Twitter. I also spoke to him this morning. Uh, but Justin so- Gideon, who is now of the uh, Quebec Capital, which shout out Quebec, they got a chance to finish first in the Frontier League, and they're going to go into the playoffs next week. Um, shout out the Frontier League. Uh, Justin Gideon, former Welland Jackfish, former Hamilton Cardinal, um, he tweeted at me and said, I've already put it in my will that no descendant of mine will ever play for the London Majors as long as Roop Chandlerdette is the manager. Paraphrasing the last bit, but he said for that reason and we were talking about Roop. Um, so Damn. <laughs> which, but that's the thing is that's how a lot of guys in the league feel. And like, the problem, you know what the real problem is for Owen Boone is that if he wanted to leave, Roop wouldn't let him go. Like, if if, if Boone, because well, he doesn't own him. No, but he he has his rights for another year because when you sign with with a team and you play for them, they have your rights for the following year as long as they don't release you because they can just put you on the inactive list.
0: Well, and we all know that he's not going to get released. So you're right. Even if Owen Boone, after last night, took a few weeks, rethought, Thought things over, and you know, and and genuinely was like, I, I can't do this. I'm out. He and doesn't
1: it, have a choice. And it, it, if it got to that point, I would hope that the league would step in because these are special circumstances where Boone could literally say. And again, I'm not. I'm not speaking for him. He didn't tell me any of this. This is not. No, no. This is, no. this is. This is. just me spitballing here. Correct. Because if I was in this situation, I would consider doing this. Um. I would hope that if that if it came to that. He could go to the league and say, this guy literally abused me last year. I want to go play for someone else. Um, And I think if you're the league, the league is better with Owen Boone in it than not. So you would like to find a way to make that work. But I would assume that he'll be back in London either way. I would hope that he's also learned from this a little bit to not allow a manager to do that to him again. Um, But yeah, this also speaks to a deeper issue of the scheduling the IBL scheduling which is a joke by the way
0: yeah you haven't been a fan of the schedule at all
1: if anyone from the league is listening to this and I hope you are fix the goddamn schedule because it is it is embarrassing that you play three games a week in the regular season and teams set up their pitching staffs that way because that's why a lot of teams only have four or five pitchers come playoff time because you only need like six pitchers to get through the regular season realistically and then you can piece together a Sunday game or whatever um But if you're going to do three games a week, how the hell can you rationalize having a semifinal series where you play five games in six days? You haven't done that all year long. And now when the games mean the most, you're going to play them in a very short period of time. Why? I don't get it. Um, Like, it's again, it's not healthy. Like, it's not safe. And a reason that a lot of these teams have to do this is because they don't have the pitching staffs or they don't have the guys built up to start because they're not enough games. Right. Right? So either have four games a week in the regular season or and like shorten the length of time in the regular season so maybe play from like I don't know, like June till mid-August, right? And then you can also keep some college guys for the playoffs or or spread out the playoffs. Right? There's no reason that you shouldn't be able to do a five-game series over the course of nine days, let's say. Right? Or ten days. Or even eight days. It's better than six days. So, like, that to me is is bad. Um, so, I hope someone's listening because it's not, like... Again, why do you see guys getting hurt? Why do you see pitchers having to throw too much? Because of this. Because you make it this way. So let's let's fix the schedule it's a very easy thing to fix in my opinion I don't think it's that hard and if they want to give me schedule or, uh, or field bookings or whatever it's not that big of a deal man like it's y- you book the fields anyway right like well and just booked their field for a Monday they haven't played a Monday home game all year like y- you can do it um, so yeah that's that's my piece on that Anyway, I think we've spent enough time on. Uh, what was your piece?
0: That? It was your piece on a couple of things, and and I understand that. We had to get through all of that. I'm just looking at the rest of our rundown and the time we have left in our studio today, and I might yeah, have we to can blitz through it. Oh, we're going to blitz yep. through it, my friend. Um we're going to quickly do some post-mortems. Now, there were four teams that obviously will not be joining us in the second round, and that would be the Brantford Red Sox, the Guelph Royals, the Hamilton Cardinals, and the London Majors, who we just spent plenty of time on. So we're yeah, going to we say to goodbye to London. London. Um, shout out
1: shout, shout out, Rambo, by the way. We're not going to talk about him probably the rest of the year, but he asked me to talk about him on the on the podcast. So, Byron, if you're listening, here's your shout out, buddy.
0: Oh, my God. That yeah. was the nickname that we brought up in, like, week two and then never
1: brought it up again. Yep, yep yeah, yeah,
0: Holy crap, we have finally come full circle. Mm-hmm. Rambo. Rambo. Yo, shout Great game last night as well. Like, I mean, you know, noticeable. Um, I noticed him anyway. It's not just because he's got a fancy name that they, yeah, they went three say for five. a lot. Three for five. Hey, you'll take those. Um... So four seventy
1: four in the playoffs, by the way. This is what I'm saying. This guy yeah. rakes. Um, he was he was easily their best hitter. Also, if
0: you didn't uh, get a chance to go check out our interview with Byron, um, it was closer to the beginning of the season. I think it's like episode four or five um, on our
1: podcast. Might be it three, was I think it was the second week, really early
0: yeah. um, in our pod. But um, so London, thank you very much for a great season. Ciao for now, um, Brantford, Sorry, um, we knew this was coming. Um, you looked like the same old Brantford in in those last <laughs> two games. Um, you kind of gave us a scare with the 7-3 loss in game one. But I, I'm not even... I'm just saying goodbye to you. Better luck next year. We congratulate you on quadrupling your win total from last year. And you talked about baby steps. And you talked about building blocks with this team. And eight wins compared to 30-plus is a large margin to make up. But yeah. eight wins compared to two wins from a confidence, from a fan perspective, from a league perspective, is good to see. What we want to see now is growth and improvement with them, and we can only hope that they can finish you know, above a new team in Chatham. That will be coming in right the goal for them would obviously be let's try and set ourselves apart
1: and not be worse than an expansion team or just let's get out of the basement however we can get out of the basement knock knock
0: bro we've got room we will gladly have you on the main floor we want you here but unfortunately you've been in the basement for too long it seems like you're comfortable there too so prove to us that you want to move on from the basement the cardinals that was a slugfest i'll be honest the Bay Cats and the Cardinals series, if you didn't watch it, go watch the replays. If you like runs, if you like offense, this was the series for you. And the Cardinals gave the Bay Cats a little bit more of a run for their money than I think the Bay Cats were expecting. But they were able to slug their way through it. And not without feeding you every single ounce of average banter that they can get at you. They love feeding that to you.
1: Okay. Um, we're going we're gonna to talk about Barry later, but I want to mention this right now. Uh, Josh Matlow told me he listens to the podcast every week. So, hi, Josh. Um, he told me I could say this, but we finally got an admission from Barry that when I called them average, from source, Josh Matlow, I was right. <laughs> yeah,
0: you should have been
1: on time with that. But
0: uh, I'll add that in there after. Oh,
1: perfect. Uh, so, he... Uh, yeah, I was talking to him after the game on uh, on game three. I spoke to him and he said uh, he he thanked me for for the podcast and he said that it's uh, it's it's great for the league and all that stuff and that he listens and he said he told me he said quite frankly and you can say this on your podcast but you were right we were average and from him he said that it's because that he's okay with that and he was glad that I said it because he knew they had way more talent than what they were showing and they have proved it over the rest of the year so I feel validated. Because he uh, he admitted that I was right about that, so well, just wanted to get that out
0: there. I'm glad that somebody thinks you're right about yeah. something around here. It's
1: pretty rare. Usually, I'm the only one that thinks I'm right.
0: Any final thoughts about Hamilton before we send them off into pasture?
1: Um, no. I mean, again, I think that like George Leem's a first year general manager. I hope he learns from the experience of this year. Again, they had some off field fiasco or fiascos um, where they lost some very key pieces of their team late in the season. Not much you can do about that, unfortunately. They were dealt a they were dealt a raw deal. Mid season overhaul too. Uh yeah, and the mid season overhaul and that's 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 what I hope he learns from is hey, like let's let's get the team in here early. Let's keep them together. Give your manager a chance to actually learn his guys and understand what everybody can do and not have to scramble at the end of the season to figure out who can do what. Um so They got the talent though. Talent is there. Um, yes and no. Uh from They have a lot of outfielders. They don't have many infielders. They need to address up the middle. Uh, Shortstop is a position in need desperately. Um, I think if I was them, I would just try to use an import spot on a shortstop rather than an outfielder. I think they have more than enough outfielders between Danny Berg, Tyler Duncan, Connor Bowie, um, Dennis DeBanning, Brandon Nicholson. They have more than enough outfielders. Go get yourself an import shortstop. Go get yourself a legit shortstop, um, and then get yourself a second baseman. You need you need up the middle defense. Josh Niles will be back to play first base, hopefully for them. So that'll be big. Hopefully they can convince Luis Bernardo to come back again. He was a big part of their team. And again, like they're uh, they lost two thirds of their starting rotation right at the end of the season because of off field shenanigans. Um, and uh, who was it? Logan Walters. Uh, hurt himself at the start of August and never came back. So again, another tough situation from that standpoint. But uh yeah, I mean off the field you can't you can't dislike anything they did. It's uh it was it was awesome what uh what they were able to transform that stadium into. So a lot to look you, forward to.
0: And if you haven't had the chance also go listen to our interview with Eric
1: Spearin. Yep. Um, yeah great great conversation with him.
0: Yeah, definitely wanting and looking to do more of those next season. Um we like the executive talk, talking to the execs, talking to those big boys, you know, the it's cool, yeah. people who make it happen. Um, finally, um, a team that played in our backyard for a couple of games um, against the Toronto Maple Leafs um, and gave the Maple Leafs, I guess, a bit more of a series than uh, maybe some people were giving them credit for. You don't; It's not easy to shut out the Maple Leafs, but you did it at you did it away as well, right? You did it at the pits, which is pretty impressive, a 5-0 win. But then you go up and you give up a stinker in a must-win game for the Royals, and they lose that one 10-4, series over. And that's the kind of game that Toronto will look to build on, uh, especially going into Game 1 tomorrow against Welland. But what do you think about the Royals,
1: where they're at? Yeah, I mean, with, with Guelph... um, Again, too little, too late for them. They, Their lineup had a big overhaul this season. I think we all knew they were going to be a little bit weaker um, than they had previously been. With, Yeah, I mean, again, they were also short on arms from the standpoint of they just didn't use guys. like They, they, they overused a couple of guys and then didn't really trust anybody else. Like Claudio Custodio coming back on one day of rest to throw. An inning and two-thirds, gave up one hit and six earned runs because he couldn't throw strikes. Why? Because he threw, like, 80 pitches two days ago. Um, Another
0: uh, form of mismanaging and misuse of a, of a yeah. guy? Now,
1: that one's a little bit less egregious than the Owen Boone one simply because, A, Custodio threw less pitches, and, B, he's an import arm. Like, his job is to be here to play baseball. Um but even so, I mean, I was even looking from it.
0: If you're in the league, your job is to play baseball. But you're yeah, right. but it's As not your import, first your job, job. Job is to play yeah, yeah, baseball. Yeah. Boone has a life, and if he can't use his arm, you've ruined his
1: life. Um, yes, basically, <laughs> that was really dramatic. So, yeah, it was dramatic, but it's like kind of true. Uh, but yeah, like I, I didn't really understand the deployment of, uh, of pitching in that last game, especially. Uh, I think Dino's great. I think Dino's a a really good guy. I think he's a good manager. Um, But that's back-to-back years in the playoffs where I thought he mismanaged the game where eventually they got eliminated. Um, And, well, mismanaged the series in general. I thought last year he mismanaged the series with Hamilton where he started Custodio in the tiebreaker game with London and then didn't have him available. They took that series for granted ended up losing. Um, With this series, it was a little different because they were uh, underdogs. Going into the series with Toronto, but yeah, they uh, at the end of the day, they they did put up a fight. Uh, They it was a competitive series. It was a competitive four games, Um, but yeah, it was just uh, it's it's tough to rationalize going with Custodio in that spot, especially with what he had. I get that he's your best guy, but in that spot, is he really like I thought? I thought Narita could have started that game. I thought that he had pitched quite well um, for them down the stretch. So. I don't know. It's it's one of those spots where hindsight's twenty twenty as well. With that, uh, Dino showed his frustration a little bit in that last game, chucking a chair on the field after he got ejected. It was pretty. It was pretty funny. But um, yeah, they'll look to regroup. They have a young team. They should be better next year. Um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see them. Uh, see them next summer.
0: Well, I just want to um, point out that um, I. I guess we tied that one, but then I had more correct on the uh, round one bracket, so I win. I win round one against you.
1: Yeah, I think I got what three series links wrong. You were
0: correct on well, you we were we got we all the both correct right, on yeah. the series wins. Um, I had we both had the sweep that was correct. Well, in Brantford, um, I had the Panthers London series going the distance. You did not. And then I had Toronto sweeping Guelph. They did not. Um, And then you had Barry sweeping Hamilton. I had them exactly where they should be. So um, take that. You veteran pitcher.
1: <laughs> um, I just over I was overthinking. Okay, in my defense, the rain outs messed up a lot of my thought process on the series, but oh, yeah. I will wear it. I will wear it.
0: And I think that one series, my thought process was right. Depending on how they're going to use Boone, will ultimately depend on how that series goes. And look what happened. Um, geez, looking at that time, you have roughly four and a half minutes for each team. If you want it, okay. Um, just to quickly, let's talk about our two series that are upcoming, and then we can get the heck out of Dodge. Um, well into Toronto, Kitchener, Barry—exactly what we had projected—and this second round is going to be capital F U N fun because. I mean, we love the history of Well in Toronto. This season has been great. Their matchups were always entertaining, always engaging. And I think now when you're going to see the real Maple Leafs, you're going to see a much more, you know, I, I guess a bigger dog in the fight. And Kitchener-Barry, you talk about the formula with Kitchener and the slugfest that Barry just went through. I don't know if Barry's bullpen is going to be able to keep up. If the Panthers find a way to keep those daddy hacks in the lineup, but keep them connecting, right? If they once they start connecting on those daddy hacks, uh oh, watch out. In my opinion, um, but we also, I also have that series going the distance. Um, what series do you want to start with? And. I mean, we've already talked about who you have coming out of each series. Um, I have Welland winning the Toronto series three games to two. You have Toronto winning the series three games to two.
1: So it's anyone's matchup. I guess we'll start there with, yeah. uh, with Welland-Toronto. Um, what's interesting about this matchup is when you look at the season series, Welland swept Toronto across the six games. But they were good games. Well, here's the thing. Do you want to know how many times Welland saw Toronto's A team in the regular season? Can I guess? Go ahead. Zero. Zero. They did not see their A team once. No. Uh, they saw Will Hel- Will Hennes Alvarado once, and in that game, they scored zero runs against him in eight innings. Um, still won the game. They won the game because they they scored off of uh, off of Junior Valdez in the ninth.
0: But who great to see finally get into a game. Um, I feel like I hadn't seen that guy pitching forever, and mm-hmm. it was nice to see him uh, go one one and two thirds.
1: I think the the way I see the series shaking out is it's going to come down to whether or not Welland can handle the pressure, and I think that the environment there, I think that the the environment around the team will be very tight, will be very uptight. Whereas the environment in Toronto will be very loose, very relaxed. They've been here before. They've done it before. They beat Welland last year in the playoffs. Welland knows that the pressure's all on them. Toronto's playing with house money. And I just think Toronto finds a way to win this series. And the longer this series goes, the tighter Welland is going to get. And the tighter the manager's going to be, the tighter the general manager's going to be, the tighter... Everybody is going to play. And we saw it earlier this season with some, some of their at bats in big games where they're gripping the bat a little bit too tight, they're trying too hard. And they also haven't played in what seems like an eternity. Well, and they haven't played competitive games in a long time either, right? No, like, that first series wasn't games. competitive. No, like they haven't with played, all due
0: respect to, to Brantford.
1: Like they played a couple of big games against Barry. But even against Barry, it was like Barry was just, you know, like easy. Now don't don't go get no, the guys in Barry all riled again. up. It's okay. Listen, okay. Uh, no, I'm I'm not actually. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I don't think they cared about the one seed as much as Welland did, and so which is fine. Like I'm not saying that as an indictment at all. I'm just saying that I think Welland tried way harder, uh, especially in that home game, whereas Barry. When Barry travels to Welland in the regular season, they're usually not bringing a full squad. Um, And so, yeah, and the other thing we've seen with Welland is that they're very streaky, right? And once they go into a slump, they usually stay in that slump for a little bit. So, yeah, I just think experience is going to win out here. I think, again, I I picked Toronto to win the whole thing. I think this is their year. Um, But, yeah, it should be a very fascinating series. I think... What I said earlier this season about Welland's biggest opponent is themselves. And that's who could stand in their way ultimately. And I think in this series you will see that happen. I wouldn't be shocked if Welland won though.
0: I mean, it's funny you say that this is the year for Toronto. Because the more I think about it, the more you feel like it almost has to be. Because especially without an owner.
1: This might be the last dance, yeah. This could be the last
0: dance. Welcome, and they know that. welcome, Chatham. But saying goodbye to Toronto. I mean, you know what I mean. It, it, I don't think we'll lose Toronto. I but. don't
1: think so, but it's. A, I think it's a. I think it's the last dance for that group, as we see it. It's a conversation to be
0: had because I think there's a lot of moving parts to that team, and you never—they're going to look very different next year, regardless of who owns the team or mm-hmm. or, or, or any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have Welland. Um, coming out of that series, but I have Kitchener winning the whole thing because I think they're putting that formula together in just the right way. But I think, like you said, um, they're going to be a tight group, but they might be a little uptight, and I think that might actually work a little bit well. (laughs) Well, Eh, sorry. Uh, It might work in their favor because that allows them to, I guess, loosen up as you go. And for me, it's always easier to loosen things up than it is to tighten things up, and I don't know. I think at the end of the day, it's going to be. It's it, like you said. It's going to come down to. It'll those be a few fascinating things. series for sure. Um, you have um, Willie starting game one for Toronto. Um, I do actually think, don't think or, so. I think I think he's
1: going to start game two so think, on the Sunday. Who do you think
0: starts for game one? I think Hodges, Hodges starts yeah. game one. And they
1: haven't seen Hodges this year, so that That'd could be also a, be an interesting matchup. Could, could and he I, can pitch. That
0: could go either way. Yeah, he could pitch. We've seen Hodges have some nasty stuff, but if, let's just, I'm just not speaking it into existence, but you know that the jackfish can hit, and if they start to connect on him early, it could mean um, some scary times for that Toronto bullpen for sure. the rest of the series. Now you shift over to... Kitchener Barry. I mean this Barry team, like I said, they're coming in maybe not feeling as confident as they as they maybe would have hoped after that series with the Cardinals. And the Panthers are coming in thankfully, knowing that they don't have to face Owen Boone anymore. Um you have oh, I just lost it here. That's crazy. You have Kitchener. Winning this series three games to one, Lazar. I have Kitchener winning this game three games to two. So either way, I think the Panthers are coming out of this one with the W. Would you agree? You can't change your bracket, but you can change your mind.
1: You're right. Um, I'm going to stay with my gut here and say that Kitchener is going to win this series. I think they're the healthier team. I think they're the deeper pitching staff. And for those reasons, I think they will win this series. Uh, I will change my pick, though, to Kitchener in 5, though. Um, oh, welcome to the dark side. And I change it because of the way that I've seen teams deploy their pitching staffs and how they're riding their starters, and also the way that Barry was approaching game the first series. So heading into Game 3, they told us that if they win Game 3... Garcis will be will not start game four. But if they lose game three, Garces would start game four. The reason that's important is because I think Kitchener will be up 2-1 in the series after three games. I think Garces wins game one in Kitchener. But then I think Kitchener turns around and wins games two and three. And that would force game four to be a win or go home. And they would go... And, and, and the thing is, Garces is a guy who is built to come back on shorter rest. Uh, he pitches in the Dominican Winter League. So, um, but what I've heard is that Garces has said that if he doesn't feel great, he won't pitch. Now, I don't think what that'll is be his an definition issue. of great? Well, <laughs> that's the real question. But I, I don't think that will be an issue. I think he'll be fine. I think three days off will be enough. I don't. I don't see them doing to him what other teams have done to their starters in terms of riding them for 140 pitches. I think Garces will be 100, 110 pitches and and, and out, which means three days off I think will give him enough time to be ready to go. And uh, and yeah, so I I will take Kitchener in that series because, again, I just think they're deeper. They're also... Like, they're battle-tested now, right? They just faced Owen Boone for as many games as they have, so they're used to facing top pitching. Right. Whereas, Hamilton didn't really have an arm like that. Corbin Peters had an outing where he was outstanding in that game, too, and he shut down Barry. I think the difference is going to be the fact that Barry doesn't have Starlin Rodriguez, or at least probably won't have Starlin Rodriguez for the series. However... I've been told, a little uh, a little breaking news inside information here, Malik Williams, who is currently playing for Trois-Rivieres, Riviere, is playoff eligible, their season ends this weekend. What I've heard is that he will be back for the back half of this series. The source is his brother. Damn. So that feels like it's concrete enough to where I can say it, that Malik Williams will be back. And he has been red hot as of recently in the Frontier League. So that could be a huge difference maker if Barry can stay in this series long enough for him to make his arrival. Um, but yeah, this series could really go either way. I could see Barry winning it. I could see Barry winning both Garza starts and then they just have to win one other one. Um, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, it, either way, this is the most fascinating pair of semifinals matchups we've had Uh in the IBL for as long as I can remember.
0: Both matchups getting underway tomorrow. That's right, folks. Both matchups getting underway tomorrow. When you pull up the full schedule of the, um, the IBL playoff schedule and you scroll all the way down to the bottom, I'm talking all the way down, It actually doesn't give you a schedule for Kitchener-Berry yet.
1: I actually just received that from Mark Perry. So the schedule is Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Saturday, Sunday, Wednesday... Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Sorry, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So Monday would be the off day in this series.
0: Which is not the case in this series, because you're going Saturday, Sunday, Monday... Tuesday is an off day, Wednesday and Thursday. Wednesday, Thursday, yep. So, alternating off days, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, Which is
1: good for the league, just good for viewership, good for baseball. But again, why don't you just go, well in Toronto Saturday, Kitchener-Berry Sunday, well in Toronto Monday, Kitchener-Berry Tuesday, like, It's not rocket science They
0: could adapt a bit more of an NHL playoff
1: format. Yeah, and the thing is the IBL is a league that is built that way. I understand that baseball isn't from the standpoint that in the big leagues they play every day, but, dude, in the IBL you play three times a week. In the NHL you play three times a week. Like, that's what we're used to. Like, let's do more of that. That feels feels smart, doesn't it?
0: Well, they do this that way if it – Everything goes five on. Everything wraps up on the Thursday or Friday. They can get games started in the finals on Sunday or Monday.
1: Yeah, but why don't you just like? Does that I really matter it, that much? Well,
0: because you need these guys to work someday. Because it is a working man's league. So at least this week, the you know Salazo knows that he can. At but least this work is what I'm saying, Tuesday. though. If
1: I if if, <laughs> if I play every other day, right, right? I can go to work Tuesday. Most people morning. Salazo's Nazi works at night, but. Uh, most people, you work during the day, then you go to baseball. That's a long day. The next day, you can almost use it as a recovery day where you just got to go to work and you don't have to worry about baseball. And then take that day to relax and whatever. Now you're going to ask, like...
0: You're asking these guys to do it three days in a row, have one one day of rest, rest and then do it again.
1: You're going to ask a guy from Kitchener to potentially go to Barry on a Wednesday night. Which Kitchener to Barry is like a two and a bit hour drive. On a Wednesday night at seven thirty, that game's probably going to be three hours, three and a half hours because playoff baseball always takes longer. You're not getting home until after midnight. You're not getting home till one in the morning, and then you got to go to work, which is enough to do in the first place. And then you got to go back for an elimination game five the the very next day. Come on.
0: So this series ultimately is just going to come down to who can grind it out the most.
1: That's to be fair, like the IBL playoffs is a grind, right? It's, right? it's it's a sprint. So Either way, it should be exciting baseball. It'll be fun to watch. Again, I just hope everybody stays healthy. That's my biggest that's my biggest thing. Of course, and, and
0: especially after last night, we can only hope that everybody has stayed healthy and will continue to stay healthy.
1: And I just hope that Owen Boone can feel his right arm today, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I would love to do you I think you go to the toilet properly? I'd today? hate to be the troll to be like, high five from last night's game, but I probably wouldn't. I was
1: scared good. to shake his hand. I was yeah. like, can you even do I that touch right it.
0: now? wouldn't touch it. Yeah. I'm, like made of glass. Yeah, no kidding. Well, anyway. folks, that kind of previews both series. They're going to get underway tomorrow and um, Saturday. So, which is tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> that is tomorrow. I'll <laughs> be all right. Um, for myself, you know, I'm at Stewart's A. And for Chris Lazar, he's at Chris underscore laser. That's L-A-Z-E-R 8, the number 8. And for both of us, this is at Inside IBL Pod. Coming to you with a round 1 completion. And now a round 2 preview. Round 2, fight. That's right. Round two, fight. Folks, for myself, Andrew, for him, Chris, we want to thank you for joining us for another episode of Inside Inner County. Good luck to the four teams entering round two. Congratulations on a great season to the four teams who will no longer be joining us on our journey. And we'll catch you back here next time on Inside Inner County. Ciao for now.